What's up, Steel Mace Heads? It's Fred Moore here. Today, I want to talk about what the Steel Mace community really needs. What the coaches of the Steel Mace community really need. And I'm going to use the analogy. We're going to talk about the band Metallica. Now, I don't know how much you know about me, but I am a huge Metallica fan. Well, I'm getting old. I'm almost 50. Um, and, you know, I was born in the 1970s. So when Metallica came out, I was a kid. And they were fresh. They were awesome. But they continue, in, in my opinion, they continue to just dominate. And you guys may know, whether you like them or not, you may know that Metallica took a lot of flack back in the 90s. And they still continue to take flack. A lot of people say they sold out. And, um, you know, that's an opinion. You know, it's, it's all it is. It doesn't really mean that they did or didn't. It's just an opinion. I personally love every single album those guys ever put out. And the Black Album came out in 1991. Was the album where everybody said that they sold out. It was a highly commercialized album. And... It sold, it went platinum 17 times, okay? What gives me solace in the fact that, they're, that they didn't sell out is that all the bands that were around back then, although they only a few probably gave them any um, accolades, over the decades, a lot of bands have come out, uh, you know, members of bands, to say how great the Black Album was and what it really meant for the industry, the metal industry. Prior to the Black Album, the metal industry was very underground, just like the Steel Mace community. You know, if you're a Steel Mace coach like I am, I'm going through the same thing you guys are going through, where you have to explain what a Steel Mace is so many times, and really you, you come down to it, you go like, dude, just... Pick up a steel mason and figure it out for yourself. You'll see how awesome it is. It, right? You know you know that. You know that the trick is to get somebody to actually try it. And once they try it, then they say, Oh wow, now I get it. You know, they need that they need that. You know, it's kind of like uh, Metallica. You know? It's kind of like Metallica back in the 80s. Those first four albums, you know, they're given all the credit in the world. Innovators. You know, they they went from speed thrash metal all the way up to progressive metal. They changed music. They changed the industry. <clears throat> but even at the height of that, which was their And Justice for All album, the album that came out right before the Black Album, they were still pretty much underground. If you were wearing a Metallica t-shirt... You had long hair, and you were wearing boots and whatever, and you were doing your thing. Oh, you're a devil worshiper. Yeah, that's what you are. You kill babies. You know, metal, Satan, ah, right? Um, you know, basically, they were just underground. And then what happened was they made a conscious decision that they were going to elevate their game. And they were going to produce an album that was going to blow the pants off the industry. Now, um, what's his name? Bruce Dickinson from Iron Maiden. He's got the most recent, most interesting quote or whatever. I'm not, I'm going to paraphrase, 
But he basically said Metallica did something that every single metal band back then would have gladly have done, but they didn't have the capacity to pull it off. They did not have what it takes to, as a band, as a group, as a team, go into a studio and create an album like the Black Album. And he gives all the credit in the world to Metallica for doing that. And he said, you know, after that Black Album came out, metal was more mainstream than ever, okay? And the record sales for everybody increased. So if you were still some, you know, dirty thrash metal band that was hardcore, we're never going to sell out, and we're always going to be true to our fans, and you get up on stage and you say, yeah, Metallica sold out, they wrote that Black Album, a bunch of ballads and, and weakness, right? Didn't matter. Those guys even with all their shit talking, were able to sell more albums of their own shit because Metallica put metal up on the path more. Okay, opened up more to the, you know, opened up more people to that type of music. And if, you know, you want to look at it as like a gateway drug, you know, like they say, marijuana is a gateway drug. Don't use marijuana because eventually you're going to use all the other bad stuff. You're going to go hard, right? You're going to wind up doing heroin, right? At least that's what they used to say back when I was a kid. Um, same thing. Metallica, uh, Black Album. It was like people that hated metal, people that called me a devil worshiper were now in the concerts with me, banging their heads and lighting their lighters. Back in those days, we lit lighters. Big flames. Now you hold up a gay cell phone. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not bitter. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, these people were like now listening to Metallica. Finally. And then they were like, well, wait a minute. And they're, you know, their palate started to, they started to develop their palate. Like you're drinking whiskey, right? You start, you don't start with single malt. You start with Dewar's White Label with an ice cube or two. Eventually, you, you drink it neat without ice cubes. You're going harder. Now you're trying different scotches. Now you're going Johnny Walker Red. Oh, that's a man's drink. Now you're going in all these single malts. You develop your palate. Same with Metallica. Black album. Okay, I love this album. This is great. These guys are awesome. Well, what about the album before? Well, I heard some stuff. I, I thought I didn't like it, but maybe I should listen again. Now you like it. I mean, you listen to the other albums. But you're also like, well, who else is writing metal? Who else is good? And you're checking out Testament. And Overkill. And you're going to Slayer now. Real devil music, right? Same thing with the Steel Mace. You know, we need a black album for the Steel Mace industry. You know, yeah. A little bit more commercialized. A little bit more crisp. Um, right now, the Steel Mace um, world is... is uh, a lot of thinner men, beards, tattoos, uh, perhaps some hippie style stuff. Not all of it. That's that's like some of it. Um, older people, right? Nothing against older people. I'm almost one of them. Um, but like, you're not seeing that glitzy. I, and look. 
I'm not a pop guy. I've made that perfectly clear. I'm not a pop culture guy. I'm anti-pop culture. I'm renegade, rebel, you know, don't follow the masses, don't follow the hearse. But life is full of dichotomy, paradoxes. And that's what I love about life. That's what I love about the lyrics of Metallica albums. If you ever followed along with a Metallica song and, and read the lyrics while it's going, there's a lot of dichotomy. You know, like these reverse things like life, death, black, white, yin, yang. That's a big part of life. Um, you could get really deep with this stuff where you could get almost mystical and get talk about the dichotomies of life. Where life is death and death is life. And within life, there's death. And within death, there's life. You know, that might be a little bit beyond the scope of, of this po particular podcast. But it's um, just something about dichotomy, right? So what I'm saying is, is that it's great that we have this underground sort of like in your face. Well, kind of, kind of like an F you to the... To the pop culture industry. That's why I started Steel Mace Nation. That's why I post a lot of the the, the things I post. Not the videos, but um, I'll point out things in the videos. Or, or I'll write something where I talk about rebelling against mediocrity. But also rebelling against the herd. Uh, being an individual, but within a tribe. You know, So there's a little bit of a dichotomy in, in that, right? Being an individual in a tribe is very hard to do because tribe doesn't want individuality, right? But it's that's the way life is. That's what's so cool about the steel mace. The steel mace has dichotomy in it as well. Um, everything in life has it. So to suggest that we keep it underground, we keep it real, we don't sell out, keep it hardcore. Yeah, that's kind of cool. But at the same time, coaches want business. Coaches want customers, clients coming in, right? I mean, you guys went out, you got your certifications. There's a few of them out there, you know. Um, there's Mace Fit. There's um, Steel Mace Flow. And um, the new breed, the new breed guys. Right, um, and then there's steel, uh, Mr. Mace Man. Right, so it's like heavy god of stuff, and um, I, I feel like I'm forgetting. Oh, there's Comms. Comms, I believe, has uh, something, and um, Kips. I think Kips has something. I don't know. I have the first three I mentioned. I have Steel Mace Flow, Mace Fit, and the new breed, the new breed system. Okay, and I stop there. Because that's enough, right? Um, I don't need to keep getting certifications. What I need to do is be teaching people, coaching people. My particular brand of doing Steel Mace is really, really simple stuff. I stay away from... I do Steel Mace flow, yes. But I stay away from all the extravagant stuff. All the flips, the coin toss, behind the back. What appears to be juggling. That 
that's fun to do, and it has a sort of like a martial arty kind of weaponized thing. You know, like when you see a you see a, a, a martial arts practitioner using nunchucks or something like that. There's a lot of flair, right? The more flair a person has, the more command they have over their weapon. So when you see somebody doing steel mace flow and they're spinning it around and it's flipped, flipping in the air and they're grabbing it and they're twirling it and they're locking it and everything, that's cool because they have this command over it. But... For me, and as a firefighter, that stuff is not necessary for what I need in life. What I need is just the basic squared off concepts of steel mace flow. Your front lunges, your back lunges, side lunges, all the leg work. And then on the top half here, the, the switching back and forth with the base, of course, is, you know, more, it's like decorative. I mean, it doesn't matter if the the globe is on the right or left, your your legs or your whole body is still carrying 10-pound mace or 15-pound mace, 20-pound mace. It doesn't matter if you put it on the other side. It's, it's working that side now. It's working both sides whether you move it or not. But what it is doing is it's working your arms, right? And you're putting the tension into it and everything. And that's what's cool about it. And that's exactly like how I like to train my people. That's what they want. They don't want to do the fancy stuff. And that's cool, you know. You gotta, you gotta do what your your audience wants of you. You know what your clients want, not what you want. You know, I'm not going to force a person who's um, struggling with, you know, lunging in squats and they have back lower back problems. I'm not gonna force them to spend 30 minutes of our session learning how to do a coin flip. It just doesn't make sense for them. They want to just be healthier, right? If they said, hey, I'm interested in all that coin flip business and stuff, I do practice it enough that I could show them just in case I get people like that. But I'm not getting you all into anything that looks like dance or um, it, like uh, some type of well, just dance. Uh, I, what else? What, what else can it look like? Um, and I'm not knocking it. I just, I just don't do it. So, so as a coach, you know, that's that's my my goals to to work with my clients. Um, the other portion of my training style, what I do with people, is I incorporate stuff that really clobbers the muscles. Steel mace does not. Steel mace is not the most effective training tool to build muscle. Um, but what is, is weightlifting and putting your muscles under constant tension, right? Time under tension. The, uh, the, the problem with, uh, uh, you know, using steel mace is you're not keeping the muscles under tension. But it's a, a different approach and they work well together. And what I've really come to find is that my when I'm doing bodybuilding and I'm trying to keep my my muscles in hypertrophy and um, I'm trying to really be as muscular as I can and as strong as I can, the, the steel mace is pivotal. Uh, it's it's helped me so much. I've never, I've never had, and I'm getting older now, I've never had such success 
with doing progressive overload style bodybuilding training um, as, as with when I'm using a mace in conjunction with it. If I had a steel mace in my hands back in my 20s and 30s when I was really slamming the weights around, it would have been a huge game changer. And I do believe that uh, now that the steel mace is out there, I don't care who, what, when, where, why. You have a beginner, like, you know, you have kids in high school or you have somebody who's like in their 40s and they never worked out before. The best thing to train them on right out of the gate outside of doing, you know, your uh, body weight workouts, stabilization, stuff like, you know, I'm NASM certified, NASM certified, so... We, we have this uh, program that we follow, and um, it's for safety, but it makes sense. You know, basically, you can start somebody off doing exercises, body weight, then you'll have them doing um, one leg, right, to balance. So you're, you're, you're uh, um, training their proprioception, right? Proprioception, full, you know, body awareness. Well, if you really think about steel mace and the way um, you could teach it, is by far the best way to teach proprioception. And if you want to teach somebody how to bench press or deadlift, one of the biggest lessons that either never gets taught or it gets taught, but the student doesn't really pay it much mind, especially when they're younger and they just want to lift heavy, is, is how you attack the bar itself. Bending it, breaking it, twisting it, wringing it, you know, whatever. How you could teach somebody how to get such a good workout with a 10-pound mace as long as they're trying to bend and break the bar all the time. I mean, if you have a person that genuinely really tries to break the bar during their steel mace workout, they will be dripping sweat and they will be tired very quickly, Okay. It is, it takes, it's very taxing. And we know as steel mace coaches, um, or if you're just a regular practitioner, you've been doing it for a while, it's probably the hardest thing is keeping yourself honest with your steel mace practice. In other words, are you always trying to flex, squeeze, and bend and break? The first time I started putting maximum effort into the steel mace doing it that way the first thing that went off in my head was this would be perfect for people who are in the bodybuilding world who are really high level who have been doing posing and stuff like that and they go up on stage right think about the posing part think about the fact that after they get done with their workout they go in the back room somewhere and they do a whole posing thing for the next 30 minutes. They're dripping sweat. And they're, it's all isometric, you know, squeezing the muscles and everything. And that is part of it. And one of the things that bodybuilding, like, you know, gym rats, that's what I am. I'm a bodybuilder gym rat. I follow bodybuilding training, but I ain't getting up on a stage. But, uh... Everybody's doing some kind of bodybuilding. You go to any gym, it's all these guys. But the one thing that they never do is they pose. They never pose. Nobody ever spends time two or three hours a week just posing in front of a mirror. Arnold Schwarzenegger swears by 
posing down. Um, and I'm sure if you interview most bodybuilders who have been up on stage, they will all agree that practicing their posing definitely enhances their look. It, it, it gives them, uh, you know, more muscle, harder look. It's, it's a form of exercise. So not only are they weight training, but they're putting this other thing on top of it, burning more calories, right? And doing the vacuum and sucking in their gut and everything, uh, sucking in their gut. That's, that's what dads do. They suck in their gut. Um, uh, I should say sucking in their abdominal region. Um, so that's a big thing. So the thing is, though, like Joe Blow, gym rat, you know, he's got about 30 minutes to squeeze in at the gym. He's following, um, you know, some kind of uh, four-day split, you know, back and tries, chest and buys, legs shoulders and whatever, right? And he, he, he's not going to go in front of a mirror, okay? He, he looks like he works out, but he's not like he's not like a bodybuilder, like all ripped and everything. He's going to feel ridiculous in the gym posing down. When he gets home, he's got a wife and kids, or he's got, he's got his job. Not going to pose, right? Not many people are all that interested in spending even a few minutes in front of the mirror, you know, squeezing and getting the and getting the, the right look going, not going to do it. But if they had a steel mace and they just treated it as it was and didn't think of it as posing, well, there you go. And these individuals would um, get that extra, the extra uh, zap, you know, that we're talking about. Like what Arnold Schwarzenegger was saying, posing get, helps me get my physique. It, it's part of the process. It's a key component. Isometrics, you know, it's a key component. Nobody's doing isometrics in the gym. I know I've talked about this before on the podcast, and I'll keep talking about it. You know, it, it is one of the legs of the whole thing. Your diet, your workout routine, your workout routine is your cardio, your weight training, your isometrics. Don't forget, there's also plyometrics. That all should be phased in somehow, you know, and it, it should be dialed in accordingly. Not everybody's going to do plyometrics and isometrics every week. You know, maybe they'll phase that in and out. Other people might need it more. It all depends. This is why you got to work with a coach because they're going to be able to help you fast track to figure out your perfect routine along with your diet, you know, in um, relation to what your goals are, you know. So me as a firefighter and what I like to train people is is to be like hardened, uh, you know, combat ready. Combat meaning whatever happens in life. I look at life as, you know, I'm going out to the jungle, you know. Forget about me at my job as a fireman. That's a whole other thing. But just, I'm going to go out in my truck. I'm going to go drive to the store, you know, and things I think about. Well, first of all, um, do I have a, a piece of personal protection on me in case I need something? You know, there's a lot of crazy people out there. You know, you could get approached and somebody might try to rob you or whatever. So I might want to carry 
a piece of personal protection with me. So I think about that. I also think about, well, what if I can't get to my personal protection? Do I have something else nearby? Yeah, there's something else, okay? I got something stashed somewhere in my truck or whatever or my gym bag. But on top of that, what's my physicality, okay? Is is my neck hurting all the time? Can I can I move well? Can I can I run? Do I need to run? I you know, best way to avoid a conflict with a crazy person is to run away. Well, you know, that means well, what kind of shoes am I wearing? This is the way I think. I'm sorry. You know, I want to I want to survive on this planet and I don't want to become um you know, somebody's somebody's dinner, you know? It's it's a jungle out there. So my uh my goal is to go out there and dominate, you know? You come near me, there's going to be hell to pay. And um I got family I got to protect and everything like that. I'm not paranoid. I'm I'm not scared. I'm not like walking around like, oh, somebody's going to jump out of bushes. But can it happen? Sure. So why shouldn't I be ready? Um, so steel mace training combined with bodybuilding and pushing the sled back and forth and swinging kettlebells, all this stuff, it helps me so much with that, my job, and so many other things. So that's how I like to coach. And, um, you know, everybody has a different style. But I'm sure all steel mace coaches, practitioners alike, people who are thinking about getting into the steel mace coaching business, you know, it is really tough sometimes to get new clients. They don't understand what the hell they're looking at. And believe it or not, even a teeny weeny little 10 pound mace intimidates people. I see it. I see it where I work. Big, tough firemen, guys, will go inside a building that's burning, okay, zero visibility, and go put out a fire that's hot as hell, okay? They will do what appears to be crazy shit to the rest of the world, okay? And to us, it's just part of the job. These guys will go do that. But if I say, hey, here, here's a 10-pound mace, this is how you swing it, you can see the look in their eyes. They think their shoulders are going to go and blow apart. They think their elbows are going to get destroyed. And they absolutely are terrified. Maybe terrified is a strong word. But they're definitely not. Uh, they're, they're definitely intimidated. And one of the things is, is you know, they're going to get made fun of maybe, right? Well, I'm not going to do that because... Somebody's gonna see me. I'm not gonna do good. What if I'm? What if I can't do it? Everybody's gonna think I'm a I'm a wimp. This is what goes on in people's minds, man. The fragility, the fragility of the mind. And that, that's a whole other podcast, probably. I should I should get into is just how to say f you to um, that negative self talk where you're afraid to try new things. Um, but you know, well, maybe I should just talk about it a little bit. It's it, it it's especially as you get older, you know, you gotta you gotta start to say to yourself like, you know what, I don't care what somebody thinks of me. If I'm gonna hide, not try new things, and always be concerned that people are gonna be making fun of me because I try something, um, you are really selling your life short. First of all, people are not paying that kind of attention to you to begin with, and if they do ridicule you or try to chop you up in any way, 
most likely it's because they're jealous, self-conscious about themselves, and they, you know, their, their jealousy is enough that they're going to say, oh, he's doing it, but I can't. I'm scared to do it. So they're going to make fun of you. See how that works? It's all psychology, man. And, um, you know, you could be, you could take the, the high road and say, say, yeah, 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 you're right. I'm, I look ridiculous with my steel mace. You're right. And then just go do your own thing. Or you can take the lower road, the one I like to travel on. Um, and I like to point out the psychology and I say, the reason why you're ridiculing me is because you are actually, uh, mad at yourself or you feel sorry for yourself because you are so scared to try something like this because you're afraid of what other people think. And that bothers you so much that you're, you're, it's coming out of you as an attack on me. And, you know, the reason why I call that the lower road is because that can hurt people's feelings, right? But we live in a society where everybody's worried about feelings all the time. And what people need to hear is the truth. All right, I've had a couple people drop truth bombs on me, and I've wrestled with it, and it's real. It's you're like, oh man, you know, you get mad at the person, but after a while, you know, if you really keep reminding yourself, like, I need to hear the truth, I need to really know, then you start to realize, like, what a favor that person really did for you. And if as long as a person's like, you know, cool about it, they're probably your best friend, and you should go back to them, say thank you for. Revealing that aspect about myself, you know, you were right, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna change this or I'm gonna change that. Whew, that is big stuff for people. It's, it really is. I'm not saying it, it isn't for me. It is for me too. That is huge stuff. But that's where, that's where the good stuff is. The juicy, the steak. You know, um, people are afraid to sink their teeth in. Man, don't be that way. Um, so, yeah, as far as being concerned about um, feeling intimidated or whatever. The steel mace is easy to do, all right? Especially when you start with a lightweight. I mean, I, I sometimes start people with a three-pound wood mace or a seven-pound steel mace. But the 10-pound, anybody can use it. It's, it's super effective even at that lighter weight. And it's worth it. And... Um, you know, I tell people all the time, it's the easiest thing you're going to do as far as working out is concerned. This is not hard. This is not hard. And as far as like the front lunge, the side lunge, back lunge, if you're using a 10-pound mace, you're literally adding 10 pounds to your body weight. So if that's negligible, okay? That's the same as body weight. So if I said, hey, today, today and for the next three months, all we're going to be doing is body weight workouts, lunges, push-ups, and stuff like that. Um, you probably would be happy to hear that, especially if you're a beginner and that's how it should be, right? That's what you should do when you first start off or you've had a long layoff or you come back from an injury or you just want to take a break from heavy lifting. You do body weight stuff, but for some people that's super boring and if you add the mace in and you do the switch curls and all that stuff, like from steel mace flow, um, it keeps it interesting because it engages the brain and usually like a simple three-step flow is enough for people. Uh, a three-step flow, for example, is front lunge, squat, side lunge. Flip it to the other side, front lunge, squat, side lunge, flip it back to the other side, and you go back forth. That's usually enough 
<coughs> excuse me, that's usually enough for people to get the, the brain stimulation because they have to remember a pattern. But that's what makes it fun. And that's what keeps you engaged. And um, usually when we get to that level, which happens quick, you know, we're, we're going to do a, we're going to do a three-step flow, your first, your first lesson. Um, and you're going to love it. And it's, it's simple. It's simple. And you'll feel better the next day. And it's the kind of thing you could do daily, right? You're not going to walk around with sore legs all the time. Um, like if you're squatting and things like that. And if you're looking to go from there to something else, it's a great springboard because it could be used at that time for warm-ups. So you warm up with your steel mace and then you go do your other weight training. It's fantastic. It is awesome. And, you know, I don't want people to feel intimidated. I also don't want them to feel like it's this weird cult thing where, you know, because um, a lot of people, they, they really get very close and personal with their with their maces. They name them and stuff. Again, do whatever you want. I know people that have guns and they name them. <laughs> whatever floats your boat. But it can appear sometimes a little culty, right? And um, I'm not a I'm not a cult guy, you know. I'm not a cult. I'm I'm anti pop culture. I'm anti culture. Cult, yeah, you know, a cult. No, not that. Tribe, yes. I I'm a tribey guy. I'm a tribey guy. I like tribes. Um, and in today's modern world, the global world that we live in now we're global citizens tribe doesn't fit in and that is the antithesis to tribe global global a global mind or a global citizen is the antithesis to a tribe and i think that's scary you know tribe is good i think tribe is good i think i think we don't need to rush away too quickly from tribe because then we're also rushing away from having family and things like that. And those are all good things, cornerstones of, of who we are. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so the Steel Mace needs to to do a Black Album like Metallica did in 1991. And somehow, someway, do a commercialized thing, but do it the way Metallica did the Black Album. It wasn't, it wasn't like Metallica wrote a Bon Jovi album and like they were singing... Oh yeah, baby, we're going for a ride in my car. I love you, baby. No, they kept it metal. There was still darkness to it. There was still like, you know, crazy concepts and things like that. But they just did it right, you know? They they did this refined thing with with metal. They took metal. I don't think they sabotaged it, destroyed it or changed it anyway. They create they went to that to that level, you know, to to the level where it needed to go to. And I believe Steel Mace has that coming up for it. Also Kettlebell. Maybe the two together, you know, but they there needs to be more of a commercial impact. Bang! In your face, you know. And I'm yeah, I'm going to sell out a little bit. I'm going to almost Completely, um, I sorry, I draw a blank on, on the word I, I want to use. Um, basically, I'm going to be a hypocrite and I'm going to say what Steel Mace needs is 
a little pop, a little pop culture. It needs, you know, some kind of hip music. Oh, not hip, not hip. Um, it needs a music that is typical of what you might hear in all the fads. And you need the hot chicks and the hot guys. And you need some big stars doing something with a mace. And then all of a sudden, there'll be uh, one of these big conglomerate fitness groups out there. They'll have plastic maces and they're going to be doing them, you know, the mace class. And we're all going to think it's disgusting and we're all going to hate it. And we're all going to be like, what did we wish for here? Oh, this is gross. But then all of a sudden you're going to be getting more phone calls because in your local area, you're hammering away on the social media and you're making your presence known. A few people are coming in, word of mouth is going, and it's nice, but you want to get a little bit more. You need a few more clients. Maybe you need 10 more clients or something like that. Where are they going to come from? Well, if all this shit that I just talked about is happening, they'll come. You know, they'll find you, and they might even say, hey, you know what? That stuff that they're doing, that's like all like fatty, kind of like poppy like plastic maces. What the hell's going on here? I like this is cool, but I never heard of it until I saw that. You see what I'm saying? Call it a deal with the devil, if you will. But I call it dichotomy. You know, if you're just hardcore underground all the time, that's where you're always going to be. And, you know, popularity of something happens when the populace is... The majority is doing it. How are you going to get there? How are you going to get that? Unless you jump the shark. It's controversial, I know. Um, but the, like I was saying, that doesn't mean tomorrow if I see there's like steel mace video workouts with all these like beach chicks and beach dudes and you know, they're wearing white sneakers and they're leotards. I'm picturing something from the 80s right now. I don't know why. Uh, with the hair and everything. And they're like, you know, like, okay, everybody, you're going to grab your base and you're going to go like this. And it's going to be so just, ugh. You're going to want to just punch. You're going to want to punch yourself in the head. You're going to want to punch me in the head for even suggesting it. But it will do its thing. It'll look grotesque, and then it'll just sort of cool out. But from there, all of us established mace coaches that have been around for a couple of years, you're going to get more business. That's what you want. At the end of the day, you got bills you got to pay, food you got to put on the table, vacations you want to go on, um, cool Steel Mace Nation shirts that you want to buy. Um, you know... And also, you have the, 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 the desire to maybe do something really cool with your steel mace business. Like maybe you want to buy um, new equipment. Or maybe you want to rent out a section of the gym, but you can't afford it because you don't have enough clients. Well, how are you going to get there? Well, I gave you one, one idea. Black album. Do a black album. Somebody do a black album. Maybe I should do the Black Album. I don't know. Maybe I am. No, I'm not. Well, guys, listen. I appreciate your time. We're going on 40 minutes here. 
I think we should cut it off. Uh, that That's my thoughts for the day. This is raw. It's uncut. Shooting from the hip. I might regret half the things I just said. But that's the way life is, man. That's the way life is. Stop trying to live a polished life. Perfect. These podcasts, a lot of these podcasts out there are so damn perfect. They must spend all week scripting out how they want to say it, what they want to say and everything. Nah, nah. That's too much, man. I, I got too much going on. I like reaching out. I like vibing with you guys. It makes me feel good. And I'm not afraid to be me. And you shouldn't be afraid to be you. Let's do this together. Steel Mace Nation, over and out.